It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Back Ram fans, this is Rams Up, your favorite LA Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at LA Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Mark from Rams up here. I have the second half of our Rams roundtable with Ian and Paul coming up here in a second. If you missed the first half, go back and check it out. We dropped it early Wednesday morning. Lots of good stuff. These guys know their football And I've also tacked on to the end of this episode my loop around the league. And coming up in the next day or so, Tom Court's crossover segment with a Steelers podcaster. Couple of quick notes I wanted to share. You've probably heard me talking about Sam Howe and how much my special assistant and I like this guy. How about these stats? Sam Howe currently has more completions than Tua or Jared Goff, more passing yards than Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, both first overall picks, more passing TDs than Jalen Hurts and Matthew Stafford, and a better passer rating than everybody. Pretty impressive. 
Commander's got a good one. And another data point you might enjoy, Kevin Dotson, our new starting right guard, the highest graded guard in the NFL this season, according to Pro Football Focus, 85.3. And I remember reading how Steeler fans were actually happy to see this guy go. Man, I have a feeling Dotson is going to be laying some people out this Sunday. I certainly hope so. Guy has been playing at a very high level. Let's get back to our Rams roundtable with Ian and Paul. Pick it up midstream here, the second half, and then the loop around the league right after that. Yeah, and you know you know what's interesting also? You know who played a great game? Um, two really great tackles in the open field. Carnell Lake, did you guys see that? Lake um, really starting to show his physicality on the field. Um so Lake looked good. So he looked good out there. He's- yeah, Paul Lake. Lake is getting more time for sure. Because yeah. I've, I've said to this last pod and pre- in the in the week before, I was like, man, they really trust Roseboom in a lot of pass cover situations. I was like, I was I'm very shocked that Quinton wasn't being used as the dime linebacker, and that changed this game. He definitely was in that dime linebacker role a lot more. Real quick for anybody out there who doesn't know what that is, basically. Uh, the dime package is where you substitute linebackers and D-line for more defensive backs. So dime package is six defensive backs on the field. And Quinn Lake was playing a linebacker-ish role next to Ernest Jones. And obviously with his good safety-esque coverage skills, you want that in passing situations. So that's what it is. And it was good to see. I think he's getting more confidence. The coaches are trusting him more. And I think we're going to have to see him more because Roseman can only do so much in pass coverage. And he's done a nice job. But people haven't tested him yet, and it's going to happen. And I'd rather have Lake in those situations than than Roseboom. The other cornerback, by the way, on the practice squad is uh, Michael Ojumudia. So oh, okay. it'll probably be him or McCutcheon, I would guess, would get uh, added to the active roster. Yeah, yeah. So and you know, Yeast has played well. Lake has played well, and Jordan Fuller just doesn't get enough uh, credit. Jordan Fuller has been. He's having a really good year. Yeah, I think he's good. I honestly think he, if there is sort of a comeback player of the year for the Rams, it would be Jordan Fuller. He's been outstanding yep. from what I've seen thus far. And he's and I, think I, about I, it, Paul. He's still my guy. I think with the next two or three games, I think he's going to get a, an interception. He's due. We need it, dang it. <laughs> he's due. We need it. And it, it's good to see that his confidence is back. Obviously, he's been dealing with leg issues, ankle issues for the past couple seasons, and it's really – knocked his confidence he's been public about that his ability his trust in his body to go out there and do what he needs to do and obviously he's feeling great and it's showing up shout out to the captain yeah and i think when we lost that game to the 49ers uh on uh the last game of the season i don't know which year it was a couple years back we lost it when he went out when he went out with the injury uh that's when we lost that game in my opinion yeah, he's a good he's a good safety man, and I know Rams don't resign safeties, but I just like John in his in his you know his great youthful twenty twenty season and, and back. I hope I hope Jordan Fuller's back, but we'll see what happens. It's just you know the team build aspect. It's not our motto. It's unfortunate, but it, it would be nice to see him return again, at least for another couple seasons. Yeah, so uh, continuing with the trend of what we see in terms of negative trends moving forward, you know, uh, two th- two quick things. Rams' third down conversion percentage has to improve. 
They mm-hmm. have to work on that once again with uh, taking a look at the Cardinal game. They were under 50%. Again, with that offense to be under unacceptable, just unacceptable, yeah. right? I was going to say that, unacceptable indeed. <laughs> yeah. So the third down percentage uh, for the Rams is absolutely crucial because when, and we talked about it last week, T.O.P., baby. When T.O.P. is blue and soul, the Rams yeah. are, are going to win a lot of games. It's that oh, yeah. simple. That's their recipe for success. Defense comes off the field. and um, A shout-out to Mark's boy, Monster Zero, came up with that huge quarterback hit and fumble. Um, yep. But, you know, Rams' third down percentage on offense has to improve. And Rams got to improve their third down. Got to get off the field on third down and defense, right? And um, Mark's uh, example of that, when Dobbs on third down was able to get that huge conversion when like four players should have tackled him is just an example of that. The Rams have to get off the field on third down. And I think what's really hurting them once again is the pass rush. Rams are 29th in sacks. Rams have to uh, really look at, you know, how they're going to, to work this scheme. Did a little bit better. I got to tell you one thing, Ian, if you notice with with the Kobe Turner, they, they used mm-hmm. him on those slides when they were running those twists with Donald, which was yep. interesting. They slid him inside and let Donald come around. And that, that was probably their best pass rush uh, pretty much all day in terms of consistency was when they did uh, that. It was, thing. yeah. So it's, that's a nice mix because Kobe Turner does shut, show, in my opinion, some really good quickness. He's got the toughness, does play physical, but he also has some really good quickness. And I think those twists and stunts are going to start to pay off now uh, as he gets comfortable and as Donald gets comfortable with him. Uh, Monster Zero is starting to uh, get a little bit more pass rush. Consistency isn't there, uh, Ram Nation, and largely because he doesn't really have any secondary moves. So if he's not beating that tackle – off that initial speed rush, he's ba- he's basically getting stoned. So he's really got to develop some secondary pass rush moves. And all the great pass yeah. rushers, that's what really separates them from the pack is those secondary moves um, that allow them to get to the quarterback. So, But he's starting to get – Jonathan Hoyt is still missing in action. Um, they have to find a way to get him going, get him into the backfield, uh, let him get some um, – you know, find a way to get his pass rush going. He looks slow off the ball, um, whatever it may, whether it's technique or whatever it is, but he does look really slow off the ball, and and he's not playing strong against the run. People are still, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we've had those running quarterbacks. They're still getting outside the linebackers. It it just can't happen, and it's still yeah. happening on his side an awful lot. Um, Ved Valkenberg not getting a lot of snaps, but when he was out there. You know, he looked good. He really does. So that rotation on the strong side with Van Valkenburg and Hoyt uh, might improve down the road. Um, I did, um, and you know, just to jump ahead a little bit, one of the things I would love for the Rams to do is there are a couple of veteran outside linebackers out there, you know, um, just one to just right off the top of my head, like Melvin Ingram, who's really been, just dec- his career has been decimated mm-hmm. by injuries. And the big thing with him is he's never agreed to take uh, a situational pass rush role or a partial starter role. He always wants to be a starter and uh, also with his contract. But, you know, maybe now uh, after the situation with the Chargers and everything else, maybe he would be because I think Ingram 
in a situational pass rush role for the Rams. Wow. Think about that. You could put him. I think he'd be good too. Yep. I think you're looking at a player that will definitely. And on top of that, Ingram is just nasty. He's just physical and nasty. And I can see him just like what he would be able to pass off to the other players. The young players, I think, would be extremely valuable. There's some other guys out there like Carlos Dunlap. I know a lot. There's a lot of buzz on Frank Clark, but uh, you know somebody out uh, in a couple of the um, uh, beat reporters were saying that Clark's already talking with Kansas City about re-signing with them. Of Um, course, yeah. So we'll see. But there are some like you know guys out there like guys like I said Dunlap and Ingram that if you bring them in on the cheap. Um, I think could make a huge impact because pass rush has got to improve. The Rams are going to get chewed up without it. How do you yeah. feel about uh, O'Shawn Mathis at this point? He got he had 18 snaps. Nick Hampton's been inactive. Have you have you any first reviews of Mathis and his contribution? Um, Ian, you want to go first, and then I'll jump in. Yeah, sure. I, O'Shawn is look at he hasn't practiced much at all. He's been hurt a majority of this whole offseason leading into the season so he's getting there but there's there's moments where you see the you see the potential in him you see him bench press some tackles into the quarterback we've just had the unfortunate reality of playing hyper mobile quarterbacks i think a lot of falcon passes i think we would have a, a lot more sacks these past three weeks we've just had the unfortunate draw of young anthony richardson jalen hurts and then dobbs right it's just the unlucky draw of of the, the schedule and how you know these guys starting games for those respective teams outside of Jalen. So I think with O'Shawn, I think he's had moments and he played a lot more this game. They subbed him and Michael Hoyt kind of equally throughout the game. And I thought Michael had a better game too, by the way. But um I thought O'Shawn's got moments where you see the oh, he's he's ready to bench press this tackle. And he there's moments where he does. The other times where he's a little undisciplined with his leverage with his hips, he's get his hips. His hips get turned a little too skinny where you don't want to be skinny as a rusher unless you're Aaron Donald and you have the power <laughs> to to overcome that, right? Or a Vaughn Miller or these special athletes. But as a young player who's got to work on his technique, you're not powerful enough yet to pull that off. So he's trying to do that, and he did that in college, but it's like, hey, buddy. Either hit the weight room or work on some other techniques or get that technique stronger, and you will be able to pull that off. So he's doing that a little bit, and he's getting you know stalemated. But there's moments where he's shoving the tackle into the quarterback. But we, like I said, we've just getting the unlucky draw of hypermobile quarterback. So there's potential, and he's going to continue to play a lot more. I think based on his snap percentage this last game, him subbing in and out with Michael. And real quick, I'll just say this about Byron because you brought this up, Paul. I think he's the best rookie edge rusher easily. And PFF agrees too. He's a number one rated rookie edge rusher over Will Anderson, who went second overall over Tyree Wilson, who went in the first round for the Raiders over Nolan Smith, who everyone was like, Oh my God, I can't believe he went to the Eagles right later in the first. Yeah. He's graded high. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's graded higher than, or even uh, who else am I forgetting here? Uh, I'm just trying to think. Oh, Will McDonald. I don't, yeah. I don't know if Ojolari Will McDonald, even, who went yeah. for the Jets, right in the first round, and and Ojolari as well, and others that I'm just blanking on names right now. He's rated higher than all of them, and all those guys are playing with other super established, you know, defensive linemen, not rookies. Obviously, the Aaron Donald effect is fantastic, but 
I think Byron is going to continue to morph. In every game, I feel like he's gotten better and better. So I think that coupled with not having to play mobile quarterbacks, you know, super hyper mobile quarterbacks, we're going to start seeing some sacks from those from those outside rushers. So we'll yeah, see. Mon- but I'm encouraged. Mon- Mon- Monster zero, 14 tackles, three sacks, one forced fumble, right? Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad at it's all. It's getting a ton of playing time, too, on top of all that. So when you get a ton of playing time. Oh, he's not right? coming off the field, Paul. He's yeah. he's our main he's our main outside linebacker, just like Leonard last year, just like, uh, you know, Vaughn when he was here. Like, those guys are not coming off the field, and Byron is being asked to do that, and he doesn't look tired. He doesn't look out of shape. He's ready for the role, and I think he's getting better. And, again, I agree with all – for him, O'Shawn, Michael, they can still work on their technique, work on their overall game. But uh, it's getting better. It's getting better from all three. McVeigh actually publicly commented on O'Shawn Mathis, actually called him out by name and said mm. he, he likes the way he's progressing. O'Shawn Mathis, as you can see when you watch him play, I mean, talk about a physical specimen. He definitely has – the physical attributes to be a, a great player, you know, and his, and his yeah. scout report coming out of uh, Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken, right, is that he's just that, you know, he's got the long arms, he, he's great on the strong side, particularly you want to put him, you know, on that linebacker side, um, needs to develop the pass rush uh, acumen and everything else, but you're, you're st- he runs around, man. You see him fly around there. He throws the body around. Needs to clean up his tackling. Yeah. His tackling is uh, is really uh, not the best right now. It doesn't break down, he, and he gets uh, a couple of quarterbacks have made him look silly out there running quarterback. Mm-hmm. But but all the other aspects of it, you, that's a definite positive. You see him flying around, Mark, and that's a big deal. The kid looks like he wants to play. He's aggressive. He's not afraid. And he's got the, you know, he's got the the build. So the potential is definitely there. And think about if he progresses. Wow. You got two, oh, young, yeah. two young linebackers out there. Van Valkenburg and Mathis on the strong side. Listen, that's, that's a big deal, right? That's a big deal, Mark. Yeah, it is. You know, so let, let's see that. And that's what the season's all about. They're going to let the young guys play, right? They're going to they're gonna go as deep as they can on this roster. Everybody's going to get playing time. I agree. And then real, real quick, while this is on my mind about positive and negatives, or negatives, I should say, uh, real quick with the offense, and I, I shouted out the O-line, and obviously play calling is something that's a negative in the first half, and it got much better. We talked about all the good. One thing that has been an issue these first six weeks with the offensive line is the lack of communication on blitz pickups and stunt pickups. It hasn't been good enough. And this whole line's talented. We've seen them play really well. When it's straight up rushes, our line picks it up pretty good outside of when backup tackles have to come in and things go to hell like we've seen. But when our starting unit is faced with a, a front, no matter who it is, and it's straight up, we block it really, really well. Hence, the 49er game only had one sack. Hence, the Eagle game was kept pretty clean. But once those teams started to blitz, or do stunts, and for anyone out there who doesn't know what a stunt is really quick, it's basically you have your front seven lined up, and they're going to rush the quarterback, but where they're starting, that's not where they end up rushing to, long story short. So our O-line is getting caught up with the eye candy of where's that guy going, where's that guy going on blitz and stunts, and we're not picking it up well enough these first six weeks. If we can clean that up, this offense with play calling (laughs) 
could be really, really, really good. Top 10 for sure. So that's my one negative about the offense other than Sean McVay's, you know, reluctant to run the ball in the first half. Just wanted to mention that. And that's something that we're really going to have to work on this upcoming week against a really good Pittsburgh defense. So got to get that cleaned up for sure. You know, it's so interesting you brought that up because that was going to be my next comment. So Mark and Ian, think about this. This is where uh, uh, I'm, I'm experiencing a little bit of agita. So one of the things that Iron Kyron brought to the table, not just in the running game, was what? His blitz pickup. Right. As, oh, a, as yeah. a running back. Yep. So he brought, you know, he he's a big reason why Stafford's uh, standing, you know, uh, and not, you know, on his back all the time. So interesting thing about this. So now Kyron's out. You got these two running backs that are going to be uh, in the game for a bunch. Um, where where are they go- probably going to struggle is probably in the blitz pickup. And Arizona, the only time they really got a pretty decent pass rush against the Rams was when they went into that front, when they put, uh, they stood two or three players, had them standing up, particularly on Avila and Jackson side. And when they stood them up and they brought the blitz and they had the O-line had to pick those guys up. And that's really, and basically all season, the, the Rams have struggled with that. So for whatever reason, that is something they have to take a look at, is that when teams stand their guys up, they might go light with one down lineman and three guys standing up or two guys standing up, and they run those combos. That's really where the O-line struggles. Straight up, you're absolutely right. I think I think they do a really good job. I think the Ram... Dude, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I think the Ram O-line can definitely... They're a unique O-line, and that's a sign of a quality only. Not only can they run block, which I definitely think is their strength, they can pass block. And you saw that when Stafford started slinging it again. They were they were a nice, clean pocket, and he was able to get it out there. So uh, that's, a, that's something that is definitely a trend that has been through week one, is that teams know that they can stand guys up, right, and crowd the line of scrimmage, and it causes some confusion on that O-line. For whatever reason, you know, is that something that as the Rams O-line gels, will that will we start to see them become a little bit more effective? Is it something in however they they are doing the calls or this, you know, just the way their scheme is set up, something that they have to take a look at internally, whatever it may be. So hopefully it, it does improve as a function of this O-line gelling and coming together. But with Kyron Williams out, that is one area that they are really going to miss him is on that blitz pickup, which is why yeah. I think, you know, you know, they have gas gas. What was Gaskins? They signed. And now they got Freeman also. Yeah, uh, And to the Gaskin, the Gaskin point, why he was immediately signed to the, to the roster. He's, you know, he had a, an off season with Mike McDaniels in Miami and, you yeah. know, coach LaFleur here with us. They're from that same Shanahan run game gap scheme. So Miles will pick this offense up immediately, which is why I think he's going to get touches this this upcoming Sunday. Oh, absolutely! And I think, I, uh, yeah. and I think he's going to be in those pass blocking situations because Evans, he that was not his strong suit at his time in college at TCU or at at Mississippi. So I think uh, we're going to see a lot of Gaskin, everybody, and I think that's a good thing because he's yeah. he's going to know the system, maybe not to a T, because obviously every staff alters things to a degree, but. He knows the basics, and he's going to know the pass protection names and fundamentals. So I think uh, that's he's going to be important against this front seven of the Steelers. Right. 
And that's what a veteran running back is going to bring to the table and nothing against Evans, right? Evans, let me tell you, when Evans runs downhill, he he lowers the boom. That's one thing I will say about that oh, kid. Yeah. When, he, when he gets going, he definitely brings it. Uh, but I think a veteran running back is going to bring a lot more in the pass, uh, pass protection scheme just out of familiarity and reps. Um, so I think that's why I think you're going to see. And I got to say, I like the fact they stashed Freeman. Uh, I, I think the Rolls Royce yeah. is, you know, when he gets the ball, I think he's going to get rolling, particularly in the red zone. It's going to be a nice look for the Rams. You know, listen, they got to make it through and get Iron Karen back. But, you know, uh, once they get that going, I think they're going to be okay. But I think that's something for Ram Nation to keep an eye on is going to be that blitz pickup. I think the Steelers are called Blitzburg for a reason. I think, you know, just oh, like yeah. we noticed it on tape, you know Tomlin did. So they're going to come and they're going to come from – from every direction. So, and they're a team that likes to do that. Like they'll bring corners. They don't have a problem blitzing corners from the backside. So I think that's going to be an interesting uh, development to watch in the, the Pittsburgh game. It'd also be fun to watch Kevin Dotson. Maybe he'll be fired up yeah. going against his old team. <laughs> yeah. Him and Akilo, dude, the, the, the Steeler castaways playing great football. For us right now, I mean, whew, I'm, I'm happy those two guys are on our squad. So that's going to be a fun little, a fun little hidden. Uh, maybe, hopefully, it's it's brought up in the broadcast, and I'm sure it will. They'll do the, they'll know, and they'll do the research. But I hope, uh, I hope those guys feel motivated to to beat their former team who gave who gave up on them both. Steelers, you know, and Tomlin and that organization gave up on them, and they're they're good players, man. So hopefully, Dotson they're motivated. Dotson, you talk about. A revelation for the Rams. Holy cow. Yeah. Talk about a renaissance. Dotson has looked like a man possessed. And he looks not only that, but he looks like he's light on his feet. He's he's not a small guy. He's light, but he looks really am I wrong? He looks really light on his feet. He looks like the kind of player oh, no, that if you had not. to kick him outside for like an emergency situation, he wouldn't bat an eye. He'd be like, no, no problem. So I think having a player like him, also McClendon, you know, uh, somebody that I called out uh, uh, pre-draft and I was really excited when the Rams drafted him. He has that type of versatility. If you take a look at this Ram O-line with its depth and the players that they have, it's a really impressive sort of scenario for the Rams, not just for this year, but looking ahead. Good young players that are going to be on this roster for a little bit but can do a lot are not just this, this these one dimensional players and you see and you also see it with Avila i mean if they if people are not talking about Avila then they're not watching i don't know what they're watching in the ram games for a rookie yeah. that kid has looked like he has been playing football in the nfl for about 20 years the kid is steady yep. the kid is physical i mean he's working on his technique you know one of the things they've always said uh, you know, he's got to get lower, got to lock out those arms a little bit more. But, man, the kid can rumble. The kid gets downfield for a player his size. So there's a, you know, there's a lot, you know, a lot out there. Uh, but Dotson looks good. And when we start talking about trends moving forward uh, for the projection, not just for Pittsburgh and beyond, uh, first thing I'm going to say is Rams got to keep this O-line developing. Keep this O-line. Find your five best. Get them out there. Find that good combination. Be consistent. Let them play. Let this become the backbone of your team. You want you want to build a championship roster. This is where it's done. It's done in the trenches. 
So you got the O-line trenches are starting to look good. Um, Higby and, and McVay also called out Davis Allen. Davis Allen, he with limited mm-hmm. reps, got the coach's appreciation with the way he was throwing the body around. So that's a good sign. Higby's a physical blocker as well. You got Kyron, Iron Kyron, physical blocker. And I said it last week, and uh, Ian, you did, and Mark, you also. We got the we got three wide receivers that love to block. And if you throw in Demarcus Robinson, dude, you got guys on the edge that are willing to throw the body. And too. Paul, we have we have little two young Turbo Tutu, like Tutu. coach, uh, like like uh, coaches like to call him on our staff. Turbo Mark's Tutu's wearing, out there. Mark's wearing his jersey right now. <laughs> they got Turbo Tutu being being the lead fullback on on a on a lead toss the, like you know in the second half yeah. where Kyron had that big big run on the sideline where he tiptoed for a little bit and cut back inside one of the big runs before he punched it in later on that drive that was Tutu on the motion being the lead blocker I mean yeah. my goodness man I mean there's no other team in the NFL that asks all all the receivers to be the main fullbacks and be lead blockers on every on pretty much every run play it's really incredible so uh, i think mark if, if we transition to keys to the game this upcoming steeler game it's going to be this run game because you know why guess what the steelers are ranked in run defense if anyone had to guess i know it's pretty low it's pretty poor it ain't good you got a guess ball maybe yeah I, I got them at the bottom i gotta say uh bottom uh five of the league bottom five they're ranked 29th right now against the yeah. run 29th and i know kyron's out i know ronnie rivers is out and that sucks and hopefully the football gods out there can bless mcveigh to still want to run the football because this defense i look they have great players in this front seven they really do obviously tj watts out of his mind uh holocomb is a good inside linebacker quan alexander high smith has had a lot of great games at the other outside linebacker edge rusher spot you know, Larry Ogunjobi is someone who's not talked about a bunch, but he's a great, he, great. He's a good D tackle. You know, uh, Demarvin Leo, if I'm saying his name correct, he's had good moments. This front seven's good. Long story short, but surprisingly, they don't play the run really well. I think everything's just attack the quarterback in passing situations, which they're really great at. Which is a worry of mine if we get too pass heavy. So let's just run the football and we'll have a chance because there's going to be moments where they're going to make plays and we're going to, you know, TJ Watt's going to eventually get the staff. It's just inevitable. These great players are going to get home every once in a while. It's just got to just take your punches and let's keep rolling. Right. But I think to lessen that the 29th ranked defense against the run, let's just run the damn football and we're going to have a great chance in this game for sure on offense, at least. Yeah, for me, it's uh, on the other side of the ball. What scares me the most about this game is, like I said, with the with Williams out and the blitz pickup questionable with two new guys coming in um, and the Rams, you know, showing some, you know, a little I – I don't want to say a chink in the armor, but a little inconsistency with that aspect of it. Um, I think that's where Pittsburgh can do some damage. Um, also, oh, yeah. now with Kendrick, definitely going to be out. Right, how the oh, yeah. Rams manage that secondary, I think it's going to be huge. So, um, I think for me, you know, I watched just the other day. I rewatched the Pittsburgh game uh, when they had against the Ravens, uh, taking a look at Kenny Pickett and, and the rest of the offense. I mean, you know, listen, um, the announcer during that game said it pretty straightforward. He said, "Listen, Pickens is their guy. You can't let Pickens beat you." So you got Pickens coming in. They got to make sure that they, you know. 
take him away from that offense, make uh, yeah. you know, make the quarterback survey the field and go in a different direction. If they can do that, I think they're going to be okay. Um, I think so too. I think but you know what? You know what, Paul? Real quick to that point, though, I'm not too sure with the status of Deontay Johnson. I know he was on IR. Is he? coming back this week does anybody have an update i'm, I'm going to try to find that info asap but if he's back that changes things dramatically yeah. in their favor and you know not in ours because i think he's a quality receiver in this league he runs great crispy routes he's he's a good overall football player and i think and him pickens and he is and so luckily the offensive play calling is not great <laughs> as all Steelers fans could probably agree with, you know, uh, Canada has been on the hot seat and Steeler fans minds. I don't know if Mike Tomlin feels that way, but in, you know, luckily that'll be on our side a little bit, but if Johnson is back with them paired up with Pickens paired up with, you know, Allen Robinson, speak of speaking of a reunion too. Yeah. Uh, him being their third receiver, I think uh, there's potential for issues. There is, but I like our chances against their offense because they haven't put good film out these first six weeks. There's been moments, but overall as a unit, there's been a lot of bad, and we have a defense to continue to make them look bad. We do. We definitely do. Yeah, so, but just it's, checked, it's all uh, about – go ahead, Mark. I was just going to say I just checked. Johnson was cleared to return to practice and may may return Sunday. Not a not a done deal yet. I see. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed, gentlemen, that uh, he uh, one more, one more week. Johnson, get that. I don't know what was wrong. Yeah, with him, rest up, dude. Like, we don't want yeah, rest, we, don't want, yeah. we don't want you rushing back too soon. Yeah, yeah. It's a long the marathon of twenty twenty three. Like I say, yeah. hey man, there are a lot of fantasy is, teams that are waiting for him to get back. <laughs> I know this. Hey man, play those AFC North games. You don't the West. You, you take a take a chill pill, dude. But. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net-zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. But, right. yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think it comes down to the run game attacking their weakness and then on offense, I mean, on their offense versus our defense, it's really just be disciplined and make Kenny Pickett beat you. That's really it. And I think we'll have a good chance because, unfortunately, 
we probably all know it's going to be Steeler heavy out here in LA on Sunday. And that's uh, something that I've talked about needs to change and will hopefully change as years go by. But hopefully our fans that are there can affect Kenny and make him feel it in some form or fashion. And I'll be out there. So I expect to see you guys. <laughs> so Mark knows that Mike Tomlin is my coach, man. He's my favorite coach in the NFL. I just He's a great him. coach. I like yeah. him too, Paul. The, the dude just, you know, gets his team prepared. And uh, one of the reasons is what we talked about, you know, my thing that's just been irritating me is Rams not playing 60 minutes of, 60 minutes of football, regardless of yeah. every, every other scenario. Tomlin's going to have his guys ready to go, right? You know, that's right. Tomlin's, that's, that's just the bottom line. He's going to have his guys prepared. Um, whatever happens on the field is, you know, uh, for the 60 minutes, one thing that's something um, that Pittsburgh teams are very, very consistent with. So the Rams have to play a much cleaner game. They do. This is a very winnable game for the Rams. The Rams can definitely, but the Rams scenarios as they played themselves out this time around for this week with, you know, with the secondary with Kendrick and now uh, with the running back situation, you know, sort of puts a, it's a little bit of a cloud over this game for the Rams. The Rams got to be careful. This game is going to come down to the game management by McVay. McVay 100%. has to know, hey, listen, there's a couple of scenarios right now we got to keep an eye on. We can't let those two things, you know, open up the floodgates and sink this team for this game. Right, we got to go through it. We got to play through it, and we got to do, and we got to manage it. So his game management on Sunday is going to be pivotal in this game. It's going to be the deciding factor. The Rams have enough firepower on both sides of the ball. I definitely think they have the advantage. Uh, I think the top and the third, a third down percentage is key. Uh, That's all I'm going to. I actually forced myself to look at nothing else but those two stats on this uh, Cardinal game as the game was progressing. You know. Because uh, I just wanted to see if my observations were accurate, and and they were, and it, it played out in the second half. It's the same thing for this game. Keep that Pittsburgh defense on the field, wear them out, right? If you can't exploit them in the in the in the ground, please do so. Which I think the Rams can. One hundred percent, and they can definitely go through the air. The problem is if that pass rush starts to get to Stafford and he starts taking some hits. Right, that's the last thing you want, and turnovers, oh, turnovers, no. turnovers will sink the Rams. Hey, but, question for question for you guys, hey, um, uh, old old time, old school football coaches. This extra week Pittsburgh has had to prepare, aside from the rest issue and the health issue, how big of a deal is that having that extra week to prepare? Oh, huge! In my opinion, I think uh, you know. I know it's so funny too. The irony is that everybody was complaining that the Dodgers having that extra week cost them. No, Dave Roberts cost them, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. We'll leave that for a different segment, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the bottom line is that I think in football that extra week is huge. So not just for the rest, but for the preparation, you can definitely uh, sort of practice things specific to that team that you're playing. Which is why I'm bringing it up because uh, I think that's going to be – I think Pittsburgh is going to be ready to go. They're going to have two or three things that they definitely want to exploit. I definitely think it's going to be significant. Um, so the Rams have to be ready for that. The Rams have to bring their A game. Um, now obviously, every week we want them to bring their A game, but particularly for this one because of uh, the factors that we had just mentioned. 
I don't know if you guys are aware, not to be the bearer of bad news, but if I'm not mistaken, the Rams play four teams coming off a of bye this year. Really? I knew it was this game, and I knew it was Dallas the following week, but we got a couple more. That's just that's just crappy luck, ain't it? Thanks, schedule makers. I we appreciate that out here, out here <laughs> exactly. across the country. Jeez, it should be. Ever... <laughs> it's really unacceptable, in my opinion. It just shouldn't yeah. happen. And real quick to the to the bye week uh, topic, Coach Tallman has a seven and four record off bye, so he wins a ton more than not coming off this bye. And like Paul said, we and we all agree he's a top ten coach. There's no debate about that. Top five in most people's lists, but um, you know it's going to be a challenge. But they have major flaws, and like what Paul you said, Paul. Stick to the game plan. Run the football. It doesn't have to be five-yard chunks like it was this past week against Arizona. As long as they have to respect it, we can shred them in the pass, and Stafford can be mega efficient and make his big-time throws like he does every game. And, yeah, as long – the less times Highsmith and, and Watt are near Stafford, the better for our chances of winning. That's just It's just that simple, straight up, so – yeah, and you're seeing it also on uh, in terms of the Rams' uh, discipline as well because they're averaging five or six penalties a game, which is definitely not a good sign. Um, so, you know, I think this game also – I mean, there are a couple of key players, but, you know, I would love to see uh, the Rams take a concerted effort to really develop their pass rush and really get to Pickett. I think Pickett has a tendency to, to throw into coverage. Um, he does. Good young quarterback, though. I, I got to give him credit. He's uh, he's looked a lot better than I anticipated. But I definitely think, you know, uh, a, a young quarterback, you have to get after the young quarterback, right? That's the best way to attack a young quarterback. And, and Paul, he gets flustered if you start smacking him around. I mean, most quarterbacks do. But he, like I said, he's still a young guy. And, and he'll definitely start being a little trigger happy to get the ball out sooner if he starts getting hit around like it, and it's out there on film everybody that that is what is happening to him this this year it's gotten better it's been getting slightly better every other every week or so but if we can get home or at least knock him around get close to home he'll start to pull the trigger on his passes sooner which will lead to more opportunities for our secondary to make plays on the ball more turnover worthy plays which will be great because we need more of those shoot yeah and how they and how they manage now uh, the secondary, how they manage this uh, running back rotation, those are two things that are going to be very interesting in this game. Um, but like I said, I think the game management by McVeigh is going to be just highlighted here. It's going to be that's going to be the spotlight for the game. So either of you want to make a prediction? Uh, yeah, I think the Rams oh. pull this one out. I think the Rams pull this. In. I think it's going to be a little bit closer um, than the Cardinal game. Uh, only because of some of the challenges the Rams have to face in this one. But I got the Rams 24-13. Right on. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a slugfest. I think it's gonna be very similar to that twenty nineteen game in Pittsburgh, where it's gonna be low scoring for a while. Just because I just have a gut feeling McVeigh is gonna try to be cute again. <laughs> yeah, <probably. laughs> and throw the ball. It's just I, look at Coach McVeigh is like one of is like your best friend, who is awesome, but he does one dumb thing that you just don't like. But that's that's not a good reason at all to end the friendship. He's he's a ride or die. But there's one <laughs> dumb thing that your best friend does. You're just like, why do you do this, dude? That's what Sean McVeigh is, right? Everybody, <laughs> he's, that's that's what he is. And I wouldn't. He's a he's 
He's my best friend. I wouldn't trade him for anybody. But this one dumb thing he does pisses me off. <laughs> so that's Coach McVay. And I, I just think that's it's going to unfold that way for a bit. Sadly, unfortunately, I hope it doesn't. So I, that is why I think this game is going to be a slugfest. It's going to be a really defensive battle. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I think Rams win. I think it's going to be a... I think it's going to be a 17-13 finish. It's going to be field goals early for a while, and then maybe some touchdowns start to pop later in the game. But I, I expect this to be a defensive slugfest, and it's going to be another nail-biter. What a shock. Rams football in 2023. Nail-biters, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd probably go in between the two of you, um, leaning toward the low side. I don't know what the over-under on is this, in this game is, but I'd go something like Rams 23, Steelers 20. Um but uh, yeah, it should be. It's definitely going to be a close game. I don't think the Rams are playing, uh, missing their running backs especially. I don't think they're going to be able to to uh, open it up and and put tons of points on the board against the Steelers. And like you say, ha- having that extra week for the Steelers is gonna that's worth a few points. That's going to keep it a little bit closer. Yeah. I think the Rams are favored by True. three and a half. I don't know if that's changed since the running back news. I don't know if the running back injuries are enough. I'm sure to it will change. Mark, yeah. I think it probably will, unfortunately. Yeah. And part of me does wish that it turns into a slugfest. I really do. I really do. It turns into one of those uh, black and blue games. Because I think that I think it's I think it's gonna be great for the Rams uh personality. I really do. To win another game like that, um, like they did in the second half, if they're forced to, I think it's just it's just gonna benefit the Rams. I really do. I think it's gonna feed into the personality. You know, one of the things I've been really really harping on is that you know what is you know the signature of your team and for the rams i think their identity you know since the 2021 season right they've definitely had an identity what was it during the playoffs regardless of all the injuries it was clutch no matter who went down the rams were clutch guys came up clutch doesn't matter who it was somebody came up clutch and we saw stafford and cup you talk about defining clutch you know, all through the playoffs, they were clutch. Yeah. But, you know, it's the same thing now, man. The the physicality, particularly on the O-line side of the ball and starting to emerge in that running game, the defense starting to pick it up now. You're starting to see the D-line get a little bit more physical. So maybe we might have stumbled onto something here, right? The trenches might be the signature of this team. I know, you know, McVay loves to throw the ball, but, but McVay is one thing about McVay, man. He does not want this to be a finesse team. Although he likes to throw the ball, McVeigh has openly said it. He says we're not a finesse team, but you know, let's see. If- Time to prove it, coach. Shoot. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, the other thing is too is like, listen, when you got Stafford, you don't need to throw the ball forty times. Listen, Stafford is going to be efficient no matter what you do, right? You want him to get into a rhythm. Absolutely, there's no question about it. But just like I said, with the load management with uh, with Puka. With Ernest Jones, it's a long season. You don't want your quarterback taking those unnecessary hits when you can win ugly. Go the other route if you can. So, you know, we talked about, you know, Ernest Jones Agreed. with the knee swelling, and now it's starting to show up again. So in his play, you know, let Stafford hand it off a little bit. So, you know, if we can get uh, an early advantage just by g- controlling it on the ground, so be it. But when you call his number, listen, I have never seen Stafford this accurate when since he's been with the Rams. Everything he has thrown has been, been a great. laser, and you talk about throwing to a window. 
It's been in front of the receivers. Runner, receivers are running through the ball. And when he needs to put it on the numbers, he's like, which number do you want me to put it? You know, where do you want me to put it? I know. It's he's fantastic. been so accurate. Keep this guy healthy, man, because he is a weapon that, you know, he's just unbelievable out there. Keep him healthy. And when you call his number, he's going to, he's, it's going to wind up being six. So, um, I'm interested to see how this game plays out, but I, like I said, I do hope it turns out to be a black and blue game because I think it only just, I think it's going to benefit the Rams. Any final yeah. words, Ian? Yes. Aaron Donald has not sacked any Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback in his career. That's the one team he has yet to register a quarterback sack on his hometown squad. It's time 99. It's time to it's time to register one and lead us to victory. That's the only team he hasn't beaten either, by the way. So, and Arizona Arizona should send a thank you card to Aaron Donald for because he could have destroyed Dobbs. Remember when he got clean and he had Dobbs and he took it easy on Dobbs. Yeah, that that uh that tackle season for Dobbs. Yeah, that tackle blew his assignment so bad on that RPO. (laughs) You know, anyone on block with Aaron is foolish. Not only was it a one-on-one block, but the dude didn't even try <laughs> the offensive alignment for the Cardinals. So, luckily, you know, and I think a part of that too, Paul, is the, the rules being so skewed to roughing the passer, and you lay on a guy, it's it's a flag. It's it's kind of it's super ridiculous. I can't believe it. Some of these calls that we see, but uh, yeah, Aaron Donald could have ended him, but you know, he gave he gave him a reminder and a reminder on tape, like, hey, you want to do this BS and not respect me? coming for your quarterback and we need him to go for Kenny Pickett on Sunday and get that, get his first sack against yeah, his hometown and, squad. And I, and I think having uh TJ Watt and Aaron Donald on the same field together, uh, there's been this little rivalry between the Watts and Aaron Donald about who's the best defensive oh, player. Yeah. So they're both oh, yeah. going to be a little fired up about that. And one other you know note, Watt's going to bring it, you know, Watt's yeah, going to rip right? that helmet he is, off man. a couple yeah. of times. <laughs> yeah. And, and another note, um, you reminded me in when you talked about Aaron Donald, not sacking a Steeler off the top of my head, I tracked this. So this is from memory. Uh, McVay has, there are three teams in the NFL. McVay has not beaten the, if I'm, this is from memory. I think it's the jets, the bills, and definitely the Steelers. And uh, so he could. It's for sure the Steelers. In that right. 2019 matchup, we got uh, we lost. That was a defensive battle, and the offense just went to poop. That game, yeah. that game, if anyone remembers that. I don't think we've played the Jets. Oh no, well, we did that play was that the 2020 Sam disaster. Game. That's correct. Yeah. Yes, and that was an embarrassing loss. Forgot about that. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. I'm just kidding. We're past that. We won the championship. But <laughs> um, and who was the other team, Paul? Oh, I mean, Paul. Excuse me, uh, Mark. I'm sorry. Who was the other? So it was Jets. The Bills. I think it's the Bills. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah, because we've only played the Bills once, right? Yeah, you don't get too many shots at these AFC teams. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. that once every four year cycle, right? right. So that's it. This will be the four year cycle for Pittsburgh. So yeah, it's time. Yeah. Come on, Aaron. Everyone talks about you know all these national uh, powers in the in the broadcast world. Talk about how you know you secretly want to be a Pittsburgh Steeler and all this. Oh, he wants to retire in Pittsburgh. He wants to be close to his family and all this stuff and. That might be true. It's probably not. I think Aaron and his family really enjoy Los Angeles and uh, the great weather. But uh, <laughs> um, it's time, dude. It's time. I know he wants it, and I know he's going to be working for it. So I need I need a clutch fourth quarter sack on Kenny Pickett, and I expect to see that. And I'm going to be out. a happy man. Close this yeah. thing out. 
So, Mark, you're going to go on record. Monster Zero gets his first two set game of the year. Yeah, that'd be nice. I I think uh, Kenny I think Pickett is the type of quarterback that I think he's you know he's he can extend plays a little bit, but he's he's not uh, as elusive as some of the other guys we played. So I think that could work in the Rams' favor. He tries to extend plays and uh, pays the price for it. Um, that's that would be nice to see. Ian, yeah, Mark- call for the Rams player of the game for the, against the Steelers. Ooh, that's a good one, man. I'm gonna say. I'm going to give one skill position and then one trench guy. How about that? I'm going to go skill-wise. I'm going to say, gosh, I'm going to say Nakua has a big clutch catch or touchdown reception, and it's going to decide the game for us if things go according. But I think Puka is going to have a super important reception. I think Cup's going to have his typical 100-yard game. I mean, we can say Cup every week for for football God's sake, right? But I think Nakua is going to really have an important catch or two that's really going to swing in our direction and winning this game. So I think he's going to have a big impact in some spot throughout this game. And I think in the trenches, I think, I'm going to have to agree, I think Byron Young's going to have an impact. I think because of Kenny's not super athleticism, I think Byron will have now a trained muscle memory of how to defend the edge better on those things. And I think he can definitely track down Kenny, you know, if he's not paying attention, uh, pick it on a rush. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go agent zero being a good trench uh, player this game. And I'm going to go Nakua, the, the two rookies, man, making an impact. All right. Nice. Nice. I'm I'm gonna go uh, on defense. I'm gonna go. I think uh, I think Kobe Turner is gonna have a good game. I'm gonna go with Kobe Turner. I think Kobe mm-hmm. Turner is gonna surprise. I think he's gonna uh, have his best game of the year uh, against the Steelers. Uh, I think he and Donald are developing that rapport. I think uh, Turner is gonna get through, uh, get through a couple of times. So I'm gonna go with Turner's. Oh, by the way, shout out Jonah Williams once again. Another great game, unsung hero. Crazy. Right? Kobe, so I'm going to go Kobe Turner on D, and I'm going to go um, on offense. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay in the trenches. I'm going to go with my boy Shelton. Man, I think he's going to have another great game. Um, he's going to take the uh, the weight weight of the world on his shoulders for those blitz pickups and those blitz calls. Mm. Um, he's going to be great in the running game. He's going to be rock solid in the passing game. I think he's going to be uh, another. Rock solid game. Uh, help the help this Ram team uh, pick up a, another great win. And Mark, your thoughts? Oh, if I'm going to pick two guys, I'm I'm going to take the easy route. I'm going to take the two ex Steelers, Witherspoon and Dotson. Ah, smart um, play. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it may Dotson. It may not be evident, but I think he's going to be out there trying trying to maul people. And uh, Witherspoon, maybe, you know, Witherspoon, he's had a couple of really in- incredible interceptions this year. Uh, and and Mark, he, he dropped one this last Sunday. He should have yeah. took that to the yeah. house. Yeah. He yeah. broke, he broke on the, on a deep in dig route yeah. and he just, it just went through his hands. That should, that was a pick six, honestly. Yeah. Oof. Hopefully he doesn't get, you know, try to jump a route and trying to make the big play and get burnt. But uh, man, you got to be, ha- you know, when they signed this guy, I was like, who Witherspoon? Never heard of him. And I then heard you start... he was sending emails out to Jerome Bettis just to come out for one game. <laughs> yeah. Right? Just reactivate <laughs> oh, we... for one game. 
Yeah. I hope I see him out there on Sunday. I hope he's out there. I, I, assume, I think he's going to be there probably. I don't, these games like this where you've had a good history with both franchises, uh, just like Dick Vermeil, uh, this last, uh, this last, uh, not right. the home, game, the home game before he was out there getting celebrated because, you know, he was a long time Eagle coach and obviously championship with the Rams. So uh, players and former coaching coaches and coaching staff, uh, you know, officials they're aware of these games so i expect i expect to see jerome dang it at this game <laughs> yeah. mark, mark ian doesn't feel it like we do because we felt it in 79 <laughs> every time we see yeah. the rams and steelers we I had know, to watch man. that on tv ian yeah so cromwell man yeah speaking of pick sixes if you would have snagged that one back then oh, in, that, in that bowl that probably that probably would be another lombardi in the uh in the, in the, yeah. in the city of la too yeah, Charlie cromwell though la legend and uh Sorry, Number man. 21, baby. Steady 21. Yep. Yeah, but I know it's, uh, yep. Yeah, I didn't experience that, but I, I, uh, I watched enough, whatever film was out there. And that was a, that was a sucky moment, but Cromwell's was great. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, it just, most uh, Rams have been in five Super Bowls. Four of them have been incredible games. The, yeah. the loss to the Patriots was a little bit of a dud. Yeah. Hey, both I think we, Jesus. Yeah, that's true. Um, Hey, Thanks for joining us, you guys. It's been some good stuff. Um, we'll do this again in a week. Typically, we post these on Friday night, Saturday morning. We'll get the, getting this one out a little bit earlier. Uh, that'll just give folks more time to digest this before the game Sunday. And, uh, hey, we'll have you guys back next week, huh? okay? Get, Absolutely. Get, do some uh, hey. previewing of the Cowboy game. Heck yeah, and that's gonna be a fun one. I got a lot of my good friends are all Dallas fans, so that's gonna be uh it's gonna be a little heavy on our friendship that week. Yeah, <laughs> it's, almo- it's almost better way. that that game's in Dallas, actually. Yeah, I agree. Like you know, to the point of fan turnout and all that. But right. you know, we, we we've um we've shocked them in Dallas, so I, I don't feel any. I don't feel like there's some major home field advantage for them out there, oh, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that was one don't. of my favorite. That was one of my favorite Todd Gurley games uh, a few years back. Oh yeah, that was a yeah. great times in seventeen, shocking the world. Yeah. Just like we can let's this not, year. Let's not forget Ferragamo, Billy Waddy. Let's <laughs> go back, baby. Ferragamo, <laughs> Billy Waddy in the playoffs. Classic, uh, man. But heck yeah, we're gonna have another classic this Sunday, and uh, I hope everybody out here listening. I know tickets are not cheap, and. Do what you can to get there this Sunday. Like I like I've been saying these last two episodes, your presence out there can lead to victory. It matters. Players feel it, coaches feel it, opposing teams feel it. We need you out there. So do what you can to be out there. And I hope I I see you guys out there because I'll be out there and uh, I'll give the uh, I'll give the inside scoop of what I saw with my own two eyes next time we gather uh, together for sure. <laughs> okay. Ian and Mark will be subsidizing Ram fans to. Uh, <laughs> 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 Uh, okay, yeah, you yeah. guys. Thanks a lot for joining. I really appreciate All it. Right. All right. Fear the horns, baby. Fear the horns and run the damn football. That was the second half of our roundtable with Ian and Paul. If you missed the first half, go back one episode, Wednesday morning's drop. Catch the first half of that discussion. Good stuff. Hey, let's get into our week six loop around the league, checking in on all of these other games. We'll start with that Thursday night game, Kansas City 19, Denver 8. Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. I don't know if there's a solution here for the Broncos. Wilson 13 for 22 for 95 yards. 
Broncos 197 total yards. Rumors are they're considering a garage sale already. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Patrick Sertain, all possibly on the trading block very soon. We'll have to see. Hey, give them credit. They actually kept this interesting for a while. Travis Kelsey, nine catches for 124 yards. But the rest of the Chiefs offense, not really clicking like we're used to seeing them. It was mostly about their field goal kicker, Harrison Butker. Not a great Thursday night show, in my opinion. In London, the Ravens 24, the Titans 16. I don't know, man. The Titans ship may have sailed. And maybe it's time to move on from Ryan Tannehill. That storm, that sentiment seems to be building. It's actually been building for a while. Ravens moved the ball pretty well in between the 20s. Tennessee red zone defense made this somewhat interesting. Ravens scored one TD on six trips into the Titans red zone. The great Justin Tucker, six field goals. Ravens sacked Ryan Tannehill six times. And other than two big plays by the Titans, they were pretty much shut down. Although Derrick Henry did end up with 113 total yards. The Browns 19, the 49ers 17. I watched a lot of this game. Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel both had to leave the game. McCaffrey came back, but then exited again. And Brock Purdy didn't look his best, and maybe it's because this is a great Browns defense, and maybe it's because he was missing two of the best weapons in the NFL. But they still had a shot. They had a chance to win it in the end, and then the third-round pick, Jake Moody, pushed a 41-yard attempt right with six seconds left, and the Browns escaped with a win. The Browns quarterbacked by P.J. Walker, of all people, If Deshaun Watson had played in this game, man, it might not have been close. So the 49ers brought back down to earth a little bit, and they have to reconsider how much they're using Christian McCaffrey, as I mentioned in yesterday's pod. Thought they were going to manage him a little bit, and they have not. They just keep on feeding him the ball. Not a good plan. Not what any of us were expecting. The Bengals held off the Seahawks 17-13. to Bengals came up with a big stop at the end of the game to preserve this win. Kenneth Walker, just 16 yards and 9 carries. Really expecting a lot more out of him in this game. Seahawks had two chances late in the game to score, and Sam Hubbard sacked Geno Smith on fourth and goal on the Seahawks' second-to-last drive. And then B.J. Hill's pressure on Seattle's final offensive play ended the game, essentially. Seahawks dropped a three and two. Jags 37, Colts 20. No Anthony Richardson, so Gardner Minshew got the start. He's great coming off the bench, not so much as a starter. Turned the ball over four times, three interceptions and a fumble. Led to 17 points for the Jags. And the Jags are a good team. You're not going to beat them if you do that. Jags had a 22-yard TD run by Travis ETN and a 29-yard TD reception by Christian Kirk. The Jags continue to play complimentary football like this. They are going to be a tough out. Not in that top tier of teams yet, but pretty close. Wouldn't be surprised if they made an appearance in my top 10 power rankings this week. And now the word out of Indianapolis, Anthony Richardson could be done for the year. 
the Commanders 24, the Falcons 16, and last week Desmond Ritter showed signs of life and then he took a big step backwards. Some characterized it as a total meltdown, three interceptions in the second half, two of them in the final six minutes of the game. The Falcons defense played well, kept giving the ball back to their offense, but their offense could not get it done. And these are two teams that will be competing with the Rams for a wild card spot, I think. Falcons take one on the chin. Commanders had started to peter out a little bit after a strong start. This is a big win for them. Get back in the win column. They did have trouble protecting their quarterback. Sam Howell sacked five times. Howell, by the way, threw for only 151 yards, but three TDs. Now, I thought the Bears were going to take care of the Vikings, the Vikings who were without Justin Jefferson, but Vikings flipped it. They beat the Bears 19 to 13. Vikings were limited to 220 yards of offense, but it was their defense that stepped up, taking away the ball three times, including a fumble return for a TD. That ended up being the difference. So last time we saw the Bears... They looked unstoppable, and now they're back to the old Bears, the Bears we are starting to get used to. Justin Fields left this game after the Bears' first possession of the second half. He was replaced by rookie Tyson Badgent. I think that's how you pronounce it. And he's the one that lost the fumble that led to that game-changing score for the Vikings. So maybe we shouldn't be too hard on the Bears. No Justin Fields. Justin Fields finishes that game. Maybe it's a different result. The Dolphins 42, the Panthers 21. Hey, give the Panthers credit. They actually jumped out to a 14-0 lead, but then the Dolphins woke up. No Devin Achan, but Raheem Mostert, man, is he having a monster year or what? Totaled 132 yards and two TDs. Tyreek Hill, a pedestrian 163 yards and one score. Pedestrian four, Tyreek Hill anyways. Dolphins Stevens got off to a slow start, but they bounced back and finished the game really well. Another game that I thought might turn out a little bit differently, the Texans 20, the Saints 13. And these are two teams that have showed signs of being real contenders, contenders for a playoff run at least, not necessarily a title. You know, Derek Carr is just one of those quarterbacks that too good to move on from. Well, the Raiders moved on from him but not good enough to get you to the promised land. And he showed it once again. Saints defense continues to play well. They're a good unit, but not good enough to win this one. Texans led 17 to seven, and then their defense went to work. CJ Stroud, he is the real deal. 141 yards and two touchdowns in the first half. New Orleans, final four possessions. Got near or just outside the red zone every time and came away with a total of three points. So shout out to the Texans defense in this one. The Lions 20, the Buccaneers 6. No David Montgomery, no Jameer Gibbs. So the Lions turn to Jared Goff, 353 yards and two touchdowns, 30 of 44. No holes in his game against the Bucs. And he had a beautiful 45-yard touchdown pass to Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams and Amon St. Brown together in this offense with a running attack, a very good offensive line, and a defense that right now leads the league in fewest rushing yards allowed per game. Bucks might have had a shot, but Baker Mayfield overthrew two deep balls to rookie Trey Palmer. 
might have made a difference, but the Lions were clearly the better team here. And still considering who will be my number one team in this week's power rankings, I don't know, man, just might be the Lions. The Jets beat the Eagles 20-14, to and man, this Jets defense is the real deal. Took away the ball four times and scored 10 points off those takeaways. Very interesting result. I was really surprised by this one. Eagles led 14-3 and then 14-6. Jets cut it to 14-9 at halftime. Added a field goal in the third quarter. And then Tony Adams intercepted Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter. Returned it for 45 yards. Brees Hall ran in for an 8-yard touchdown. They added the 2-point conversion to take a 20-14 lead. Eagles had one more chance, but but a pass to Devonta Smith was knocked away, and the Jets escaped with a win. This is the first time the Jets have ever beat the Eagles. And the Raiders beat the Patriots 21-17. Poor Bill Belichick. Do I feel bad for him? No, I do not. The Patriots just look horrible. And Bill Belichick showing his frustration after Mac Jones gets sacked in the end zone for a safety. Patriots defense was decent, but hey, you know, as Colin Cowherd said, you got to blame Patriots management for the turn this team has taken. They were a slow, unathletic team, and they went out and drafted a couple of guards and two kickers last year, and this is what you get. The Raiders are not a good football team. They have a lot of former Patriots, and they're coached by Josh Daniels, the old offensive coordinator of the Patriots. Raiders needed this win just to stay relevant, and they pulled it off. New England did not run a single snap inside the Raiders' 20-yard line until the second half. One of those expatriates, Jacoby Myers, a 61-yard touchdown reception against his whole team. So the Raiders, 3-3 three and three now, and they play the Bears next week with a good shot at improving to 4-3. and three. And lastly, the Cowboys 20, the Chargers 17. I saw a poll. Which franchise, which football team is the most frustrating? Which fan base has to be the most frustrated by their team? And it was the Chargers, unsurprisingly, in a runaway. And this game was another example of it. Brandon Staley had a chance to kick a field goal to tie the game in the third quarter. Fourth and one from the Cowboys 7 went for it and failed. Justin Herbert, you know, he's a really good quarterback, but hey, I got to tell you, I think he's a little overrated. Every time I watch him, every time I watch him, he seems to be a little bit off, but hey, maybe I'm not watching enough of Justin Herbert because everybody seems to love him. They're probably right. I'm probably wrong. Meanwhile, Dak Prescott, really surprised, played well, especially after that debacle against the 49ers. So if this was a battle of quarterbacks, Prescott won, Herbert zero, and the Chargers are scrambling now, and they travel to Kansas City to play a really good Chiefs team, a team that they play very well. They need a win real badly. Brandon Staley still in the hot seat. I don't know. I think they're going to keep him through the end of the season. After the Chiefs, they get the Bears And then they travel to New York for another Monday night football game against the Jets, a very good defensive team. Then they get the Lions at home. So they got a tough road ahead of them. Bears game, 
probably the best opportunity for a win, but got to be a little bit down on the Chargers' chances right now. Okay, so keep a lookout for our Rams-Steelers crossover. Tom Quartz sitting down with a Steelers podcaster. I'll also have my Rams-Steelers preview and our game picks all over the next several days for you. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.